Ah, what an episode this is. Hold on to your hats, mamas. I mean, we're going there. And we're going there in the wind. In the wind. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of get it. I tried. That's okay. You ruined my joke in the podcast. You guys will hear that. I did. I was trying to make it be like, like we're going so fast. Yeah. Like the wind behind us. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the wind coming out of our vagina because we talk about queefing. Yes, I was, but I oh. was trying to do it. <laughs> you should get a major in comedy. Listen. Anyway, we talk, we talk we talk a lot about air big vaginas. Yeah. And grand ones. Getting it getting in those vaginas. But we also talk, you know, on a more serious note about mm-hmm are expected to have like tight vaginas and like mm-hmm. why and you know how it can really affect your relationship because you're worried maybe that like your partner isn't going to enjoy sex anymore and all of those things um, yeah we yep. cover we talk about um it. we go there so enjoy the episode titled the grandest canyon the grandest canyon of all Enjoy. Enjoy. See you, mamas. Join motherhood wellness expert Allison from the Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert Dr. Marcy at the Down There Doc as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no No The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedownthereDoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. That's NMLB20 at www.thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there. 
What's up, moms? Hi, mamas. <laughs> Welcome back. Ah, it feels good to be here. It does. It really does. You. In our time off. Today is like a really big day for you, Marcy. That's the correct word. That's the correct word to describe it. Also, your <laughs> pun intended. Your lifelong dream has been to start a podcast named The Grandest Canyon. And while that's not the name of our podcast, you get your own episode. I do. Named the Grandest Canyon. I am. You're glowing. I am. You're glowing. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like totally bursting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm really excited to talk about it. Right. Well, let's explain what that actually means. Um, Take it away. Okay. The grandest. The grandest. The grandest of all canyons, one would say. (laughs) Grander than the one forged by glaciers. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, All right. What's been going on? Uh... Honestly, not a lot. Just working mm. a lot. Um, summer storms. I have mm. my Zen Den outside that I do yoga in. I've seen that on Instagram. Incredible. You're like blowing it up out there on the patio. Yeah, I am. Um, also, Ellie brought home a really weird piece of art, if you want to call it that. Oh, and yeah. I've been trying to figure out like what it is. It kind of looks like an owl. I wish I had it up here. It kind of mm. looks like an owl, but also sort of like a piece of poop. It's hard. Yes. With wings. So. Oh, well. Didn't you have like a really funny. <laughs> Didn't one of your boys bring home something that he said it was. You posted on your Instagram about it. It was some sort of phallic looking. Thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have two <clears throat> things to go off of that. Okay. The, the first thing that I thought you were going to say was like what my son called my hairy vagina um, in the shower. Did I tell no, you about that? Um, no, but please, <laughs> okay. please divulge that okay. information. <laughs> Tangent mountain one <laughs> going down the first run of the day. <laughs> the bunny slopes. I didn't tell you this, what he called my vulva. I mean, I don't know. Okay. So I was my, my husband, my son and I were, this is going to like, maybe make some people clutch their pearls, but my, my six-year-old and I were in the shower the other day. <clears throat> Whatever. And if that weirds them out, that's weird. I mean, okay. Carry on, carry on. You know, I mean, you know how I am. I'm like an exhibitionist. So whatever. <laughs> um, and we, we are part of a nudist colony here in this Auburn, podcast Alabama. is about nudity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we teach our kids like proper, names for their body parts yeah terminology like Mm -hmm. yeah terminology so they have penises and testicles which is what you're supposed to do by the way yes which is as opposed to like a hoo-ha and a wee-hee and a you know (laughs) pink fluffy whatever the hell so (laughs) so we were showering and like you know my son is like his he's like eye level (laughs) with the goods my first of all the fact that your six-year-old is eye level with your goods (gasps) My six-year-old would be eye level with my face. <laughs> Why? Because how she's tall, tall are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a vagina on stilts. Uh, I'm just a walking vagina on stilts. If you could picture it, if you could picture I can it, totally picture. It. 
Um, so, so he's, I love my son is also very tall. He's like oh, okay. in the 90, okay. 98th percentile. That makes sense. We just had his checkup yesterday. Hashtag genetics. So tall long femurs so he's like i love it with the bits and he goes and i'm like soaping up and he's like mommy is that your penis <laughs> and i was like no 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 he said that's not what he said he said he said mommy oh my gosh your booty is so hairy <laughs> like <laughs> not incorrect he's not wrong but he wasn't looking at my booty he was like looking at my pubic bone area my mom's pubis is what it's called the and mom's I was like, pubis. yeah and i was like oh that's not my booty because we say we call like their booty like wipe your booty you know i was like oh that's not my booty and he's like oh and he looked at me and like one beat it was like pause and he goes <laughs> that's your fur penis <laughs> <laughs> And I was like trying really hard not to laugh because I handle that. How do you not laugh at fur penis? I was like, I was like, oh, that's, Uh, I'm like, oh, fur penis. I was like, yeah, that's not a penis. Like, you know, this is called a vulva and, you know, some people have vaginas and, you know, blah, blah. He goes, oh, but it's really furry. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, quarantine. Okay like whatever kid my wax is closed my wax cyst is closed i know and i told my husband that and he was like <sighs> dying laughing so anyway that's what i thought you were gonna ask me i don't know why because it has nothing to do with art but maybe because of the flying poop i'm not sure. no yeah i don't know either um, but no but the ar- a, a, wait can i tangent on your tangent always okay so john <laughs> obviously he'd never been like in a gynecologist's <laughs> office before imagine that yeah and, he was I have a picture of him to this day where he's sitting next to me looking at the door you know they hang like posters of like yes anatomy yes <laughs> and his eyes are wide and he's just like looking at it we were fast forward to when we had Ellie and I was like do you have the monitor or something and he goes yeah I have the mons pubis <laughs> <laughs> so now we just call it the pubis for, <laughs> for the monitor Yes. Oh my God. Uh, the Mons. The Mons Pubis. Mons He's pubis. trying to like interject it like meow. What? Like, haven't you seen that? Like, would you just like start to say meow? In no, words? yeah. In Super Troopers? Yeah. Yeah. No, but we called it Mons for short. Oh, like because monitor, the monitor. Where's the oh, Mons? Got it. I Missed. knew you didn't get the joke. I didn't. Damn it. Sorry. God. I'm, I'm ruining everything. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Okay. What's up with you? <laughs> I didn't tell you about the fe- the art thing though. It's okay. It's enough tangents for now. Okay. Yeah. Um that was a funny Instagram story though. Um I'm good. My parents are here. Um they're super helpful. My husband's traveling. Um yeah. I saw he shouted you out on the gram. That was he really did. sweet. I know it was really sweet. I've been dealing with my four year olds had the worst fucking ear infection and it's <sighs> goddamn miserable for everyone involved. Does he get them a lot? Um, no, but that's good. No. I mean he's had like a handful of them, but yeah. this one was particularly gnarly. So yeah. we've been dealing with that. But I think knock on wood, we're on the fucking tail end thing. Praise Jesus. Prayers up. I didn't realize how awful sick children were until I had a sick (sighs) child. And I was like, and then I had a sick child while I was sick. And I was like, no, this is torture. torture. The worst is when your, like, you, mom, you, has, like, the stomach flu. That's what it was. Oh, I remember. All three of us. Yeah. 
Oh like my God, it was miserable. Barfing and shitting. And then your at kid the is time. like barfing and shitting. Yeah. yeah while you're cleaning up their barf and shit, you need to. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you feel like your house is just like a cesspool of germs. Barf and shit. <sighs> this episode is about barf and shit. <laughs> Actually, this episode is about big vaginas, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Me too. Because it's funny in a lot of ways, the stories we're gonna tell. Yeah. But underneath the funny, I think there is quite a bit of shame. There's quite a bit of like, what the hell? Yeah. Is this normal? Like, what is normal? Is my vagina ever gonna be the same? Is sex gonna feel different? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's, th- I think what you said, those, there's like three kind of key points there in what you said. The shame thing, you know, mm-hmm. let's, and then, you know, is this common and like, is sex gonna feel the same? And I get those questions all the time. Yeah. And to talk about like what I say when people ask me, you know, is sex gonna feel the same? Is sex gonna be the same? Am I ever gonna enjoy sex after having a baby? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing is, is that, sex will feel different and your vagina will feel different because something different happened to your body. But yeah. that doesn't have to be like a negative thing. When the clitoris still exists. Oh, praise. In all its freaking glory. <laughs> Jesus for that. <laughs> Maybe you just need to, you know, take Work a little, on that uh, side. <laughs> a little detour. <laughs> Maybe you should go north. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god, the friend, the friends episode seven, 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 seven. Oh. five, four, three, three, two, what? Seven, seven. It's like oh, I was looking at it upside down. Sometimes, Sometimes that helps. helps. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think, I think the thing to remember is that it's okay if it feels different because lots of times things happen to our bodies that are different, and it doesn't mean that it will be any less pleasurable or less I don't can know. I can I make um in a possibly assumption or hypothesis <clears throat> always I think that a lot of women ask that question more concerned about their partner's pleasure mm. than their own because mm. like I said I the agree. clitoris is like the main place where women have orgasms it's not the only place mm-hmm. but I think that there's this, you know, the like, I want you to talk about the husband stitch too, but I guess yeah. can, this is a logical place to start of like, yeah, women always want to have like a tight vagina, you know, to like, that's sort of been this like, yeah. I don't even, like, where does that even come from? How do we know that? But like, we all know that, know. you know? Yeah. Um, well, no, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, please. Please. After you. <laughs> After you. Um, yeah. So I think the shame thing and like the husband stitch thing kind of go and like tight vaginas kind of go yeah. all together. Yeah. Um, because the message that we've constantly had for a long time surrounding like our bodies, our genitalia, what it should or should not look like has all been centered around kind of this like idea of, you know, pleasing that we're here to be like for the pleasure of somebody else a vessel for someone else's yeah like a vagina on stilts basically (laughs) like yeah yeah could be could be anyone's vagina yeah um so and i think the message and you know even with like 
Kegels and doing pelvic floor yep. exercises. Like, yep. You know, I remember reading Cosmo magazine when I was in my in high school, and it was like how to keep oh a man, God, yeah. how to ca- how to ca- how to have a good sex life, and it was like all about you know, like doing all of these things for the male, like the man. And, and some of that included doing a bunch of like Kegels quote unquote. So your vagina would be like tight and, you know, yada, 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 which is, you know, they can't see me because they're listening. But right now my face is really red and I have steam coming out of my ears. Yeah. Like in a cartoon, you know, like that just just makes me, I know. I know. I mean, we could have a, like a whole conversation. We could have a whole episode <sighs> on that. But like, I just felt a bead of sweat like drip between my boobs. Okay. <laughs> because or my you often sweat when we record. I know. Well, it, and it also makes me like this makes me so like upset. amped up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. So can I add something else to this mm-hmm. on the lines of like, I don't know why this sticks out to me, but when we were in high school, oh, I don't even want to say it, but like the way that people describe like vaginas too, right? Like beef curtains. Have you ever heard that? I heard baloney curtains. Oh my God. (laughs) To like describe somewhat like girl who's had a lot of sex, I guess. But like it wasn't, they weren't even talking about me. They were just offhand making a comment. But like I, that like has always stuck out to me, you know? And I think our vaginas in general, women are really conscious of it. Totally. Um, I mean, we're taught from a young age that it's dirty and yeah. horrible and awful. And that like, I mean, some people are taught that in some cultures and in some lifestyles that like wearing a tampon mm-hmm. is like taking your virginity away and like Jeez. can't let anybody see like a bloody pad and you have to go away. And yeah, I mean, like there's, yeah. there's this whole idea. And it's really interesting because in my clinical practice, I've seen women from all different types of practices or sorry practices Rewind. Larry cut that out <laughs> um I've seen he's women it. he's on it I've seen women from all different types of cultures all yeah. different types of countries lifestyles I mean I've had women who have been um <clears throat> unfortunately part of um FGM female genital mutilation oh, no yeah um oh, like gosh. intense yeah, like, like super- women that have had like eight babies and women mm-hmm. that have had no babies. Yeah. And women who have been mutilated like in their village by like a rusty oh rock. Oh and my then God. Okay. Have right. had babies after. Okay. Like really bad. And then, and then I've had women who have been like part of arranged marriages and they've been, you know, it's interesting because the culture is like, you know, up until their wedding night, they're taught that like this is dirty and shameful and awful and terrible and like, you know, don't even look at it. It's smelly and dirty and gross. And then like all of a sudden then their wedding night to somebody that has been arranged for them. Yeah. Now you're supposed to have this different thought around it. Like now it's for the pleasure of your husband. This is your wifely duty. Like you have to consummate your marriage tonight. Like this is what has to happen. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even know. (laughs) Like, I thought it was like so terrible. And then, and then they have to like have babies. I mean, I remember specifically one time um, I had a patient who was from a culture that had an arranged marriage and she never wore tampons, never had a speculum exam, never had sex before her wedding night. And she had something called vaginismus, which is um, like really intense spasm of the pelvic floor muscles that Mm. close down the vaginal canal. So you can't like stick anything in there. Like Q-tips. Oh my God. It's like her brain created a barrier physically. 
she was like so intent on nothing going in um yes and sometimes it just it like happens for other physical reasons but oftentimes there's like a connection between yeah like the mental self for sure but she had that so like she couldn't have sex and her husband's father so her father-in-law approached her at her own house and said like was angry with her and was like you need to have sex with my son so you give him babies and like the father-in-law was telling her that oh my god i know (laughs) i know i can't can't. so anyway are we sort of on a tangent right now um yeah what were we talking about okay shame shame Shame. so the message so cosmo (laughs) So back to Cosmopolitan <laughs> magazine in the nineties. Back to beef curtains, ba- baloney curtains, right? Right. Yeah. So I th- yeah. So I think there's a lot of like shame around it, and the thought is that we have to have like a certain vagina that looks a, a certain way, and that yep. we have to have a vagina that feels a certain way and yep. acts a certain way. And so, and guess we- what our barometer is? Porn, where they bleach right. their buttholes and have right. surgeries, right, to make it look a certain way. Right. Great. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I think there's like kind of a lot of shame about that. So the worry and the fear, I think behind the questions of like, you know, what is going to happen to my vagina afterwards are completely valid. I mean, we were, were told, you know, a million times, like how disgusting it is. And then, yeah. oh my God, like a baby's going to fly out of there. And now is it going to be so stretched out that my husband doesn't like it? And is he going to have an affair? And is it going to leave me? You know, because like that, that happens. Spiral. Yeah. And like the, totally. So, um, so there was something going, they don't do this anymore. Um, but this is where it gets really horrifying. You know what I noticed that whenever I'm about to talk about something that's like really intense, I do the throat clear. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. I've, I've noticed it when I've gone back and edited through those sessions. You're like, <clears throat> here we go. <clears throat> if you ever hear Marcy clear her throat and turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the preemptive. That's your throat. indicator. That's the indicator that shit about to go down. Uh, <laughs> uh, the husband stitch is very deserving of a throat clearing. So <clears throat> get that, sh- get that sputum out and mm-hmm. let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they don't do it anymore. Thank God, because this is just a horrifying practice, but there was something um, back in the day called the husband stitch or the midwife stitch. And this is where after a woman would have a baby, the doctor would, um, when he was doing the repair um, or even if there wasn't a repair needed, they would stitch up the opening to the vaginal canal a little smaller than what would be anatomically typical. So the husband... So even if there wasn't a a tear? Yeah, because it does stretch. Yeah. In my understanding, I mean, oftentimes, like it obviously was a lot more common when they were in there doing a repair, but I have heard of instances where they would do it after baby anyways um because your vagina does stretch right like the opening to the i think in the first episode when we were talking about this or the second one the opening to the vagina and the vaginal canal has to stretch to the circumference of your pelvic rim to get a baby's head and shoulders out of there yeah you know and like 
before that, it's like, it's just a tube that can fit, you know, a penis or a speculum or a tampon. Right. But then you're going, yeah. you know, so, um, <laughs> she just did like a, a basketball size. Like she was holding a melon almost. <laughs> yeah. Wide, wide load. Um, so yeah. So they would put this husband stitch in basically. And of course that caused a lot of pain and a lot of dysfunction, um, <clears throat> and scar tissue. Yeah. I'm trying to look up when they stopped doing it. I want to say like the 70s, like not that long ago or even maybe the 80s. Okay. Keep going. I mean, we can, we'll have our, um, I think they still do it or I think, no, I think that sometimes now they just call it a husband stitch when they repair tears. Like they should not say that at, that's what I'm gathering from this one article on the internet. From my YouTube Wikipedia research. No, they should not. No, no, no. Because that nomenclature is... No, yeah, it's terrible. But I think that's now, like, colloquially how it's known in some circles. Holy fuck. I hope not. Yeah. I mean, not, is that, not only is that medically inaccurate, but it's also, like, <laughs> just terrible in all the ways. Yeah. I mean, I have in my 11, 12 years of practice, I have never heard a typical repair done as a husband stitch, but I have heard the husband shit, shit, the husband <laughs> stitch as a separate entity on top of a repair. Like okay. I had a grade two tear, she repaired it and added a husband stitch. Okay. I see. Kind of situation. But I mean, I feel like that's in my practice, like it's been very rare. It's been in the kind of older generation of women. Um, I want to get to the fun part because okay, I know this is fucking for awful. me. I really wanted to do an episode called Queef Chief. Yeah, Queef Chief. Um, but we decided to combine it with the the Grandest Canyon because yeah, it's along the same vein. So, does everyone know what a queef is? They freaking better. How do you spell queef? By the way. How would you spell it? Q U E E F. Okay, cool. I've seen various <laughs> spellings. So, like, what, like an E I? I don't, yeah, I don't, or like with a C. I don't know. No. Oh, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like um, Quervo, like Quervo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Queefs. Yes. I was like, Queefo. I'll take the margarita with uh, top shelf Queefo. I'm going to call it Jose Queef from now on, like okay. even in restaurants. Um, so for those that don't know, a queef is when you basically, <laughs> I don't want to say fart out of your vagina because that's not what happens. But That is in, what happens. I know, but it's not like an actual fart. Right. It's you like, like, it's not generated from your cervix yeah. and uterus. Yeah. You yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. inhale <laughs> air through your vagina and then it is released. <laughs> it's sort of a farty flapping sound. <laughs> Because it has to go through a couple layers of yeah. tissue. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about that after this funny part because I do want to know like more about it physically. But imagine, <laughs> imagine this. I am, I want to say four or five. I'm I was four or five months postpartum because I couldn't do any physical activity for a really long time. But it was my first attempt at yoga. Thank God it was in <laughs> the comfort of my own home because <laughs> I was in my living room just doing, you know, doing my thing. A little downward dog here, a little downward little, dog there. You know, and I... A little dabbling. In, in an attempt at a three-legged dog, I felt 
it happen. Right. Where like I hadn't queefed yet, but I could tell that air had entered. And I was like, what the hell? And then I stood <laughs> up and it happened. <laughs> and apparently women are just queefing everywhere all the time. And no one talks about it because nope. why is it shameful? I don't know. I Do mean, you why, know? why are farts funny? But why are queefs like gross? Well, farts are only funny if men do it. I don't know. I think farts are fucking hilarious. I know. Marcy, you are not the status quo. Like how okay, many times okay. do I have to tell you? I am an outlier. You're an <laughs> outlier, true. dude. <laughs> so talk about queefs from a medical standpoint. Okay. So I think the... <laughs> hmm. Okay. So the difference between like an like a fart coming out of your butt hole versus a fart coming out of your vagina is that like your anal opening and your anal sphincter is like small relative to your vaginal opening. Yeah. And the sphincter around your vagina is, I mean, sorry, sorry. The sphincter around your anal opening is like, is like pursed lips. Oh my God. Yes. It changes the acoustics. Yes. So that's why. <laughs> yes. It's like a trumpet versus, versus a- like a pop. Uh- <laughs> yeah it's like that's why sometimes you get like a whistly fart out of your booty <laughs> and then like when it's like a when it's a queef there's a lot more space and there's not a lot of like resistance yeah it's like it's like a horror it's like <laughs> or like large bubbles like <laughs> am i i'm not wrong I'm literally (laughs) crying. Oh, God. Okay. So I, but on a more serious note, when you're not alone in your living room doing it, if you're in a yoga class, like, I know, I I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, I can't go to yoga anymore. That's it. That was fun. Like, yoga for the memories, but I'll just be (laughs) here (laughs) in my own home. I'm just going to never go outside again. No, I know. I think it's because, um, yeah, I I mean, it's obviously like something that could be, you know, extremely mortifying. And I actually have a very good friend who has had four babies and she has told me a million times that she thinks like queefing is hysterical. And I'm I'm like, why we're friends? One hundred percent. And the second part is like, because for me, I am like, it is like a little embarrassing, like when it happens to me. And I'll tell you a couple of situations, but um, I've had a lot of patients come in the client, come in the clinic and say, you know, like this happened and it's like really embarrassing for me and it's like super mortifying and I want to be able to go to yoga and I'm afraid. And, and the other thing that's so interesting too, is like, they ask me, they're like, can other people hear it? Or is it like, (laughs) if I queef in a yoga room, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) if you're in a forest, And there's one queef, but no other queefs around. Can you hear it? Yes, indeed. Other people can hear it. Yeah. So, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's the queef story. So I asked my (laughs) pelvic floor PT and on one of the sessions I walk in, she goes, you know, how's, how are things going? How's everything feeling? And I was like, well, she, she like knew me by this point. So it was fine. Yeah, Yeah. 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 
Um, she was cool. And I was like, yeah, you know, constipation's getting better, but man, I queefed real loud today. Is that going to go away? <laughs> Tell me the prognosis like, on the queefing. She was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. damn it. Yeah. That's a thing. God. Okay. So question, yeah. can you, okay, actually this is a two prong question. Can you like, does Kegeling truly help it go back to its original size where I'm not talking like trying to make our vaginas tight, but like, mm-hmm. will Kegeling help it return to its original <laughs> circumference? Mm-hmm. Nod your head. Yes, Marcy. Nod your head. <laughs> She's not nodding. <laughs> yeah. She's not nodding. I'm not nodding in the direction you want me to be dr- nodding. Mm. Um, okay. So it's a loaded question and there's not like one answer because everybody is different. Um, but here I love that that's the answer for fucking everything in the I medical know. field, but it's true. It's true. I mean, it's true, it. but here's, yeah. here's like kind of the general consensus. So the pelvic floor is skeletal muscle, right? So it's the same made up of the same stuff as your bicep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like when you strength train, your bicep gets bigger, right? It's called hypertrophy. It's when you're like cut, <laughs> like tickets to the gun show. Antonym atrophy. Right. And when you don't train, it gets smaller. Yeah. So hypothetically, and you got um, a huge bicep on you, kid, by the way. <laughs> can we talk about that? <laughs> Careful. It's like the cutest <laughs> bicep I've ever seen. Careful. Careful. They'll bite you. <laughs> I have like an extraordinarily large bicep. I'm not Let me see it right now. It's embarrassing. Let me see. see. Why do you just do what? Yeah, that's good. That's good size. I thought. <laughs> that's from like that's from hoisting saddles. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you're so rugged. <laughs> My gym is the outside. I don't need no gym. My weight is a bale of hay. <laughs> My weight. <laughs> Is thrusting that saddle up on my steed. <laughs> um, okay. I don't mean my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So hypothetically, when you do uh, strengthening exercises, right? Like your muscles get, not hypothetically, that's proven. Your muscles get bigger. <laughs> so it's not a theory. That is science. Um, so same thing can happen with your pelvic floor. So when we strengthen and tone our pelvic floor, then we see hypertrophy and increase in cross-sectional area of skeletal muscle. So because the vagina is like the pelvic floor muscles surround the vagina, there's only like one like place for the muscles to go when they get bigger, right? When they hypertrophy and that's in. So it, it does Mm -hmm. make like the vaginal canal a little bit more, um, like feel a little bit more like, yeah, toned and like there's a little bit more resistance in there. Um, However, the difference is that the vaginal mucosa and like the actual tissue of the vagina is like very stretchy because it's supposed to be (laughs) to get a baby out, right? It's not supposed to be like a hard, rigid structure. Otherwise, our vaginas weren't made to pleasure men. I know that's hard to wrap your head around. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, I get it. Now. Right. Okay. Right. So like if it was a super tight, rigid structure, then we would all be dead. We right. wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. Like the dodo bird. Okay. Right. 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 They would be, I'm yes. with you. So yeah. kegels don't help. Kegels. Is it no, a kegel or a kegel? I mean, tomato, tomato. Depends on where you're from. Yeah. 
I mean, I think they do help. Yes. I think they do help because it's not only just like a strength and tone thing, but it's like a, like a motor control thing. And we want to teach like reflexive contraction against increase in abdominal pressure. So like when you're lifting or moving or like going in a downward dog, it's all, it's like all a pressure game in your abdomen. So if we lose that like reflexive contraction with like a cough or lift or like a quick movement, then we don't have the support of like our pelvic organs and we don't have the contraction of the muscle. So hypothetically when like you don't have the correct motor control and you're doing those activities, like the muscles aren't on. So the vagina is like open for air to come in. I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Kegels may or may not help your vagina return more to its, it's never going to be the same, dude. It's it's never going to be the same, but neither are we. Right. And that's okay. And that's okay. It's not about like having, the same vagina that you had prior to baby. It's about like, is it functional? Yeah. Well, and I think we, I'm going to write this down for another podcast episode, but I feel like as soon as we become a mom, like sexy is like out the window, you know, like, Mm -hmm. all right, it's time to get, you know, your full coverage swimsuit. It's time. (laughs) By the way, I just like one pieces in general. I think they're cute, but I feel like, you know, if you see a Mm -hmm. one piece, you know, it's a mom and like, we're not Mm -hmm. allowed to embrace our like sexuality Mm -hmm. still. And I think that doesn't help, you know, like if moms were, if their sexuality were embraced, maybe this whole vagina issue wouldn't even be an issue. It would be be a non, it would be a non-issue. And and honestly, like partners don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. It still feels good. Yeah. And and they get to connect with somebody that they love and a thousand percent. You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. care. Yeah. I, so, but I will say way. like the sex thing after baby, I mean, well, this is like, we can always yeah, talk sex, about sex. No, after sex baby. after baby is going to be its own. Yeah. It's own thing. It's own thing. Sandpaper vagina um, and other intimacy killers. I do want to tell another story because I've been given permission Okay. And then I want to tell my queef story with Oh yeah. Sex. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um Marcy actually created a reel that went pretty viral. Oh. Um yeah. About how like tampons don't oh, yeah. fit the <laughs> yeah. same anymore. So, I'm going to tell a story and then I'll tell my experience with it. So, and then I'll tell my experience with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Welcome. This is how our podcast works. <laughs> so we I'm going to go talk back and first. forth like a ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> we just play tennis. It's podcast tennis. And then you're going to talk. Okay. <laughs> and then we both um, talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> okay. So my girlfriend, um, I think this was like three months postpartum. She had stopped breastfeeding. So her period came back mm-hmm. and it was the first time she had worn a tampon. And she texted me and she goes, oh, my God, Allison, my tampon just fell out of my vagina onto the floor. She was like, it's You're just standing there, just standing there. And it fell out, dude. Uh, and I was like, oh, honey, I was like, was it a super plus? She was like, no, it was a regular. I was like, oh, you got to get the bigger the <laughs> circumference, the better. Like. Think about a banana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and to to Marcy's point, there are lots of other options that 
we're yeah. going to talk about on another episode. Yeah. Um, in addition to tampons, but yeah, but I mean I, that's why I had to go to Cups because yeah. my Grand Canyon was yeah. so grand that the tampons <laughs> were like going sideways like they were like throwing a hot dog down a hallway yeah I mean they were <laughs> they were like literally going sideways and I would like be bleeding everywhere like all over my undies and shit and I was like what I'm like god damn my periods are so heavy like I'm just soaking through all these tampons and then I'd pull out like the C the tampon would be in like a C shape <laughs> my god <laughs> it was like literally turned around and it was like only one tiny little like spot of blood on it and it was like just escaping around it, yeah, because like tampons work by going in and then and then like expanding out, right? Yeah. To just like absorb all the blood that comes out of your cervix. However, if your vagina is so goddamn big that the tampon has room to do yeah. like a breakdown, somersault, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not gonna be a, like absorbing yeah. that shit. So I was like, yeah. okay, I need to figure something out. So that's why I went into cups and other things, but um. Yeah. I mean, so, I, so for me, I've noticed, and I have to say like my, I've had really large babies. Like my first baby was nine pounds, um, eight ounces. My second baby was 10 pounds, three ounces. Um, so they were, they were gigantic and, um, you know, my vagina has been through the ringer and we'll talk about the second one after like when I do my second birth story. But, um, so I, what I really started to notice was if I was on top Oh, we're back to your, your queefing. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, please. Yeah. Because like I wouldn't, cause it was so big. <laughs> My vagina. <laughs> and I and I would be like on top with lube and, you know, cause like I'm a big lube proponent and need yeah, a lot same. of lube. And it was like queefing, like mixed with the lube. <laughs> I felt it was like, like lube, like bubbles. Like just like like coming out. It was like getting frothy in there. Dude. And I was like, I was like telling myself, I was like, okay, don't move a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. It, like I didn't want to create any extra like little secret spaces yeah. for air to get in. Did you guys acknowledge what was happening? Um, so I didn't because I was just like, oh my God. And then one time my husband said, he was like, Oh, what was that? <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. But then like when you move, you know, when you like, oh yeah, like, climb no, off. It's, it's coming out at some point. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it's like you, you get off, you like turn your body and get off yeah. and then you're like walking in the bathroom with the towel, like wedged <laughs> up in between your legs. So I'm not like trying dripping. to muffle. Yeah. And it's like, like every step it's like, and I was like, oh my God. And then like I go sit down to pee afterwards and that is like, oh well, yeah. Like, and then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how much fucking air can get up in there? Yeah. Apparently a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's like a hot air balloon. So much. Well, I think it's important to tell these stories and to, you know, put ourselves um, in this spotlight of embarrassment because of how normal and common it is. And just like yeah. anything, the less we talk about it, the more shameful it is. Right. Like. Right. And like that there's nothing wrong with you. No. And. So one time, okay, tangent, but not really. So I was, um, I think I might've told you this before, but when I was in residency in Dallas, 
I was training this old woman. She was like in her eighties, like little spitfire Southern woman, like just, I was seeing her for osteoporosis, something. And she was like, we were doing this like step up exercise. And she was like doing her step ups. And then she just farted. She like in the middle of the clinic, just like let one. And I, and I, and I like, I didn't care, you know? And I looked at her and yeah, she was like, she was like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, you're fine. And she was like, I know. And then she said to me, she's like, <laughs> look me dead in the eye. And she's like, you never oh. apologize for anything that your body does. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, sister, I got you. And that it's is like, so true. I know. And it's like, that's just, I think what we have, like what the, I mean, it's such a, like a powerful message and something that we have to like, why do we say like, oh, sorry. I like a farted or, oh, sorry. Like, excuse I, me. I burped. Like, excuse me, gas came through my esophagus and out of my mouth, unbeknownst to me. Right, right. Okay, but can I put an asterisk here? Yeah. Husbands, when they push out a fart and it's clear. I mean, that's a whole different situation. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do that on queefing, though? Like, if we could queef on demand? Yeah, I just tried. Me too. Hold on. It's basically just a Kegel. No, it's not. It's the opposite. What? A Kegel is a contraction in. No, I know. What? You got to suck the air in first. Oh, my air is just in. <laughs> it's just a breezeway. <laughs> yeah, mine mine is so big that it's just there always. It's like, yeah. I mean, I have a flow <laughs> constantly. <laughs> it has its own weather. Yeah, I don't need like a door to open. Like it's just already... There. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, I have a question about like if you like is it a recipe for a big vagina if you have big babies or does it depend on like your own like tissue and how it responds and like all of that? All of it. Okay. Because there are women who have had, you know, like like I saw this woman one time who had an 11 pounder home birth. Oh Women. my god! Yeah, she was like a Viking. I mean, this woman, she was like made too. Like she, she could like break you in half. She was like, I was like, I am not worth. Her baby was, came out just like ripped. Yeah, they were like, bum. Um, <laughs> but she, yeah, so she came and saw me because she had like some pubic bone pain after her, she had her baby. But she had an eleven pound baby at home with like zero pelvic floor trauma, like no problems. And then I've seen other people who have had like five pound babies who have had third or fourth degree tears. Yeah, so that's true. So size is one factor, but there. There are lots of other factors, genetic makeup, what yeah. position you birthed in, um, you know, if there were instruments used, what your tissue is like, you know, what position yeah. the baby was in, you know, blah, blah, blah. So no, it's not like a, how dra- long you pushed for probably. Yeah. How long you put like active stage of labor. Yeah. Yes. How long your pushing phase was, um, and all the things. So it's yeah. not like a, it's not a written guarantee. If you have gigantic babies that you will also. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, I have another grandest Canyon story. Oh my God. Yes. This will be the last one. Okay. Don't you think today (laughs) (laughs) we will tell more. We will tell always. So, um, the other thing too, that happens with large vaginas and queefing, it's the same process of air, but it can be water. Ah. Please, have you, please, go, please go on. Have you experienced this? Uh, absolutely. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes. So the thing, so for me, the, the first time I experienced this, I didn't know. So I was like in a, in the pool with my baby yeah. and I was like, um, did I just get my period? Yeah. Like, am I gushing? So you like got out of the pool and it was like a gush of liquid. Yeah. It's like, you're getting out of the pool, stepping out of the pool or climbing up the stairs. And like, you yeah. just feel this like gigantic gush of liquid. And to me, it feels like period blood because it's like coming out and it's like and it's warm. like warm yeah <laughs> oh yeah. god but sometimes it happens like in the bathtub too i mean i used to make this joke where i'd be like in the bathtub relaxing bubble bath drinking a glass of wine whatever and like i'd feel water like come in make yeah. a lo- make a left hand turn <laughs> and then come out again and i'm like god damn like is that ever like jesus it's like Christ. a pipe Yes. It's like, yes, it has a joint and a little curve area. Um, but that can happen in the pool too. So, and a lot of times people will be like, I I got out and like climbed up on the side of the deck or I was in a boat and I got out and pushed myself up on the boat and like felt a huge gush of water. And it's the same idea. Yeah. tough, dude. Yeah. And often, you know, it's not pee and it's not period blood, but for a long time, I was like, I was always afraid it was period blood and you and it's like hard to see if you're like bleeding in the pool or not and i'd be like yeah. constantly like looking down and like checking my bathing suit yeah. be like am i yeah. just ble- like am i just talking to this parent in the pool like just just is blood like yeah. yeah or like is blood just circling me like a jaws yeah. situation in this pool yeah. right now like what is yeah. it? but nope it was just pool water and so, there you go i'm going to draw attention to always is you and i are pretty open books we mm. have done a lot of work to be that way, right? Like, and I know that there's a large percentage of women that grew up in very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sa- safe to say lots of women grew up in homes where it was gross if women farted, you know, women aren't supposed to burp or do any of these things that are looked at as being like masculine. Unladylike. Yeah, unladylike. Mm -hmm. And so all of this stuff can be really, really disconcerting to a mama who, you know, has had these pressures on her all her life and maybe she won't go swimming with her kids or maybe she won't go to the lake. Yeah, 100%. I felt that way. I have felt that way too. And I'm pretty open, like you said, and I'm okay with it. But like, I have felt embarrassed and have felt afraid and, you know, nervous about situations like that. Um, 100%. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like, the platform that you run on about like leaking pee and how Mm. it can affect mamas. Yeah, for sure. And like, what if you don't want to have sex because you're afraid you're going to be making all those noises? And God forbid, what if your partner is being an asshole about it and making fun of you? Yep. Because that happens too. Yeah, for sure. And maybe like you are either like you don't think it's a big deal and you can laugh about it too, or you do think it's a big deal and it's really hurtful, but you, but you laugh about it to just, you know, like, so there's, it's really, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's, it's super complicated, but I guess, yeah. I guess I just I mean to share about my gigantic vagina because I mean the big one. Listen, it's the grandest canyon of all. She's and so grand, royal. And our vaginas, they just they just change after mm-hmm. we push a human out of them. And I wish that our society celebrated the changes mm-hmm. because of what they represent versus trying so hard to like reverse time. Right. And go back to what you were like right. before. Bounce forward, not backwards. Hey. 
love it. Mm-hmm. Do you All think? Right. Do you think that's a good place to end? I mean, I don't. I think. I think. Um, I think my large vagina has probably. I think, yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Allison's like, if I hear one more thing about your large vagina, oh, we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna for sure. lifetime. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> Email us, yes. mamas at no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. Oh, and just one little piece of housekeeping. Oh, we had to, we changed our Instagram account to no mama left behind underscore the podcast mm-hmm. from no mama left behind underscore official. So shouldn't change anything for those of you who are already following us, but um, that's what you will look for. No mama F- left behind underscore the podcast. F Y I um, yes. rate us review, review us. Oh my God. We love reviews. I feel like reviews are like getting mail. I love. Yes. You yes. know, I'm like, yes. oh! um, rate us, review us, subscribe, download, download smash the buttons mm-hmm. like we smash the patriarchy and we will see you on the other side moms yep. email us whatever you need we're here for you no mama left behind and it will be bye <laughs> mamas you've heard me talk about soul time and i'm sure a lot of you were thinking like what the hell is that marcy did you know what soul time was when i first like talked about it not a clue okay cool So soul time is what I require all my clients to do. It's what I did when I was a new mom to find myself again. Um, It helps with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, all the things. So I created a guide telling you exactly what to do. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally sectioned how, why, when, where, all the things. I give you affirmations. I give you journal prompts. I give you all the tools that you need to have a successful soul time so that you can tune out the world and tap into your body, practice prioritizing yourself, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes. And the best news is, is I have a discount code for our oh, listeners. Hey, hey, gifts all around. There you go. So go to the, to the link below and enter NMLB for $5 off. And that makes it $19. I mean, it's worth it. Less than a Starbucks run and worth it. And coming from somebody who is not familiar with meditating and turning inward and doing all the things that Allison talks about. I mean, like, I'm just not wired that way. It's been a game changer. Really has. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Oh, it's true. Code NMLB. Click the link below and get your soul time on and send me your experience with it to no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. That's right. All right, mamas. See you on the other side. Enjoy. <laughs>